Money ain't a thing. What you need is guidance. I already got a manager, man. I'm not saying you can't have friends, but I'm the one that's gonna be there with you 24-7, 365. So it should be me. Death Row ain't a label. It's a way of life. Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Podstalgic. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. And for this episode, we are doing a new release. And I'm your host, Peter. And joining me on this review of All Eyes on Me is Mariano. How are you doing, Mariano? I'm good, I'm good Peter. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, now, for those that haven't heard you before, you were previously on uh, Princess Mononoke uh, with me on on this uh, podcast. You also cover a variety of TV shows at the uh, Corten Parts t- official TV podcast called TV Ate My Brain. That is correct. We are f- we just finished the leftovers, um, the whole series because it just ended last week, and we are finishing up on um, The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu, which just had the last episode and we're going to be recording that on Sunday, I believe. And I think that's, oh no, American Gods, which has one more episode. So we're pretty much finishing things up in this this leg of television. Yeah, yeah. So you cover a lot of other stuff too. Um, ATL, which is on a, a long hiatus until next year, I believe. <sighs> I know. Somebody had to be uh, Lando Calrissian. Kind of ruined <laughs> it for everybody. Just a little bit. Uh, now, for those uh, that are listening to this podcast for the very first time, um, we are going to be uh, we're going to spoil the movie, but we're going to start off with a non-spoiler section. Uh, so we'll kind of talk about our thoughts on the movie. And I will probably play like a clip from the trailer, you know, give you guys a chance to uh, pause the episode if you have not yet seen the movie. Um, and then we'll get into spoilers, talk about scenes we liked and uh, maybe things that we thought happened a different way as, you know, presented in the movie, you know, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, so Mariano, let's just start off with uh, your initial thoughts of the movie. Uh, you know, I, there were some aspects that I liked. Uh, I want to say that there were some stuff that was, I disliked. (laughs) Um, I feel like it was a step above like a VH1 TV movie. Right. Uh, so I mean, it was, I, I actually went in there with no, no expectations, you know? And, uh, so, so I was pleasantly surprised at times, um, that's kind of like my overall view of it. <laughs> yeah, I my expectations was now Benny Boom is um is actually who directed the movie. I f- I'm familiar with him as being a um a music video director uh from the 90s early 2000s. So, very familiar with his name. I do know that he's directed like two movies uh, that he's got under his belt. Um I'm kind of forgetting the names. I feel like one of them is uh, like the SWAT next, sequel. Ne- SWAT sequel, sequel and uh, Next Day Air. Okay, see, so I've heard of that second movie. I don't think I've ever watched it. it isn't that got Most Def in it? I thought that had Ice Cube, but I, I'm not mistaken. Maybe it is Most Def. Um, you know, you, well, you, you might be right. It might be Ice Cube. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. But... I'm pretty sure it's Ice Cube, but I think it has to do something with uh, a wrong package being delivered by a UPS type guy. Um, yeah. And the package has like a bunch of money or a bunch of dope. I don't know. I, yeah. But that's that's all he's really had under his belt. So um, 
you know, it was really hard to not, you know, kind of compare this with like Straight Outta Compton, right? Uh, you know, which was directed by F. Gary Gray, you know, and he directed like Friday, um, The Italian Job, Inside Man, you know, so he's got a lot of movies under his belt, very successful movies, uh, Law Abiding right. Citizen, you right. know, with Jamie Foxx. So with Benny Boom, I. I was a little concerned, um, you know, and also you got your lead uh, played by uh, pl- who plays Tupac is Demetrius Ship Jr. He's an unknown. Right. Like the the man looks like Tupac, but he's got. Um, Do you have any credits? Have, do you know uh, that you know of? Uh, to my knowledge, no. As far as I know, this is this is all he's done. Um, I did hear an interview of him. Uh, where he says that he's you know auditioning for for uh, you know m- more work, mm-hmm. but the only people that I really you know kind of recognize we got Denai Guerrera you know right. uh, who, who we all know from The Walking Dead she plays uh, Afini uh, Tupac's mother uh, Lauren Cohan also from The Walking Dead plays um, Leila or Leila Steinberg mm-hmm. uh, who I, I believe she hooks him up with Digital Underground we see right. um, a little bit of that early on. And I kind of like this, too. Jamal Woolard, uh, who played B.I.G. in the movie Notorious, you know, kind of reprises his role in this one, too. Right. So I had a hard time trying to understand whether if this was supposed to be in that same universe or not, because we have a very similar scene from Notorious that was also in this movie. Right. So um, I I didn't really know any of the other role players, you know, the the young actress who plays um, Jada Pinkett Smith. That's uh, Kat Graham. I know she's been on some TV shows, but I'm not familiar with her. Um, a lot of a lot of unfamiliar faces right. w- w- for for me. So, so you so you got that. Um, I mean, I didn't think this movie was bad, but I was a little underwhelmed. You mm-hmm. know, kind of coming out of it. Uh, I it's really hard because this is basically an instant review. So it's not like we've really had time to marinate on this or. Um, you know, really got to really process, you know, anything that we just saw. But I don't think it's as good as Straight Outta Compton. No, it's not. Yeah, I I don't remember Notorious too much, but I feel it's probably somewhere about Notorious and, you know, maybe not even as good as 8 Mile. Not as good as 8 Mile. Uh, Notorious, I'll probably put it up there in the same same possible category with it maybe slightly less than notorious for murder member but i don't remember much of it that's that's the problem uh but as far as like straight out of compton i mean i don't think they're pretty close at all N- not at all nah. like straight out of compton was um you know it was, it was actually a very big hit you know uh money wise it, it had uh actually that movie also had relatively unknowns as well um right. you know you had ice cube son o'shea jackson but again, it came down to the director, F. Gary Gray. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's got credentials, and um, Benny Boom has done a lot of music videos, and that's what you kind of you get the sense this is like a two two hour twenty minute um, music video of his greatest hits album. Let's talk about two hours and twenty minutes. <laughs> I felt yeah. like a little long, a little long. Um, I would. It was like a video. There was. Oh, I mean, I know when we get to the spoiler section, we can get into more, more aspects of it. Um, but it, it did feel like when I was watching it, because I didn't know who directed until you know I checked all that stuff out afterwards. Uh, I felt okay, it makes sense because I'm looking at his, you know, uh, his uh, credits, right? And I see a lot of Nicki Minaj videos <laughs> or videos yeah. featuring Nicki Minaj, right? Uh, right. By the way, on that next day, area was Donald Faison and uh, Mike Epps. 
Okay, not even so, close. No, no, not even close. <laughs> I kind of knew Mike Epps was in there, but I'm not even close. But anyway, I mean, he's um, worked with Ice Cube. So, yeah, I mean. that's true. That's probably why I'm thinking Friday next Friday yeah, or next right. Friday, I should say. Um, sure. So yeah, it it I feel like the parts that were not good were the parts that made that to me felt very fragmented. There was okay. really no cohesiveness at certain aspects, and there were certain. Uh, again, I don't want to get too spoilery here, but certain scenes that to me felt that came out of nowhere as far as like the editing process or maybe could be the directorial directing aspect of it too um i i didn't feel like demetrius ship jr did a bad job you know for right. the first time ever doing like a, a feature film he actually has some parts that were pretty decent you know um but then some of his i think inexperience showed also you know sure yeah no i i agree with you on all accounts there um yeah, the movie, it, it does chronicle uh, basically even right before he's born. You know, we get an introduction of Afini really early on as well. Mm-hmm. And I felt this movie was just kind of um, kind of going through the motions. It was just showing us moments in his life where, you know, I think that we know about. And they just tried to show us a little bit more of that. And I don't know, I feel this movie is lacking, like, some risks. You know, they mm-hmm. yeah they really talk about how how much of an impact Tupac's music kind of made on people. And yeah, there's something I'm going to try to save for in the spoiler section, but I I felt like this uh, definitely had a lot of missed opportunities. So I guess we kind of been talking about some negatives. Um, What I really did enjoy and I don't want to like not credit the (laughs) director or anything (laughs) like that, but the music, I mean, that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's Tupac's music, you know? So I really enjoyed that. Um, they played like all of my jams. Look, in the theater, uh, there were certain songs came on and I could, I looked around and people were jamming to some of these songs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, it was yeah. like, it was, it was, that part was cool. I like that. But that was, I think we we're going to get that anyway, unless you're not smart enough to put Tupac songs in a Tupac biopic, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the the news of his music in here was uh, kind of interesting. I thought um, it got a little old uh, at some points, and again, mm-hmm. I'll kind of leave that a little vague. But uh, the music uh, definitely, um, I, I guess, kind of kind of kept my attention a little bit because there were some parts I was kind of looking at my watch not too often, um, but some parts I was just like, okay, you know, can we speed it along? There's other things I was hoping that they would focus on that they didn't really get to touch on, and. The one thing I was hoping uh, that I didn't get out of this movie was that I was hoping that they would actually um, try to, like, implicate, you know, a few theories as to, mm. like, his death. Right. Uh, I know that it's still unsolved even 21 years after his death, but I was I was hoping that they would kind of elaborate a little bit more on that. Now, for, like, the casual folk, and I- I'm going to include myself in the casual folk, too. Like, the only things I know is stuff that I've seen in documentaries, uh, heard in interviews. Um, I haven't done, like, an extensive research on, you know, any of these things that were depicted in the movie. But there were little nuggets of stuff that I am knowledgeable of, I guess, or have little nuggets about. You know, uh, as far as some of the, the actual people that have been implicated in his murder, so so that was kind of interesting. That's just one of those missed opportunities right. that I'm talking about. Like they um, they they show us people, but then that's it. You know, again, it's just kind of one of those things. Like, well, this person was allegedly here at this scene, and this is what went down, right. and that's it. You know right. what I mean? 
So I think Demetrius does the best that he could in carrying this movie. I think Denai Guerrero does an amazing job. Yeah. Yeah. In this movie, you, we get to see a different version of Michonne. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like she got to swear, and you know, we always knew she was a badass, but this was a different side of uh, Deny that um, I really enjoyed seeing. Uh, this is. Little... Uh, oh, sorry, I could cut you off there, Peter. But it's I was okay. thinking, I was thinking, uh, watching Deny here, which was I, I liked her in this. Is something like this is kind of like a little uh, warm up to uh, Black Panther next year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like looking that. forward to see her in that. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course, you know that's going to be like PG thirteen. So you know this is probably going to be the rawest, the rawest form. Yeah, right. yeah, that that we'll actually get. Uh, you know the little bit of, of Dominic Santana that we get that plays a Suge Knight. I, I kind of liked him he too. Was, I thought he was good, man. I, I yeah, I. Uh, Except for a scene that we're going to discuss in the spoiler section, sure. Uh, I feel like uh, overall, I believed, I believed him as an intimidating force that is, you know, oh, the story behind yeah. Suge Knight, you know. So that he's was he's got that presence about him. He definitely does. Yeah, he it, it showed even to somebody like Tupac who wasn't really going to back down. You know, knowing what we know about Tupac, what I know about Tupac, he wasn't going to back down from anybody. You know, right. You know, and to kind of compare him to his counterpart in Straight Outta Compton, I think this uh, Dominic uh, Santana is the the better Suge Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was he was an intimidating force for sure. Absolutely. Uh, anything else you think we can talk about in the non spoilers before we get into the spoiler section? Well, uh, we have a Hill Harper sighting, and I actually like Hill Harper. He played the um, interviewer. That's all I right. put there here, and uh, I've always liked him. You know, and. <laughs> Was uh so I'm glad to see him get some work. Yeah, well, you know? he was recently in um, uh, Limitless that got canceled after one season. Oh, he was. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. think I've. Seen, I don't think I saw that. Well, yeah, well, I'm glad he's one getting of the, the yeah one of the lead cops uh, in in that. So oh, okay. it was it was a fun show. You know, okay. it was nothing great, but um, mm-hmm. obviously he got canceled after season one, right? But um, yeah, we we all got to see um, we we got to see a little bit of Clifton Powell as well, uh, you know who played Pinky from the Friday movies, right? <laughs> so he's got a pretty uh, pretty great scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was uh, that was nice to see him. I'm just running through the list real quick just to see anybody else. Well, we got a couple of the outlaw um, members that they, they kind of played like themselves, right. but you know, twenty years, <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, 20 years younger. Uh, right. So that was interesting. Two of the other uh, members, I think, were actually played by uh, actors. Okay. And I think that's it. All right. So at this point, okay. Actually, before we get into spoilers, I, I want to ask you. Yeah. Do you recommend people go checking this out in the theaters? I will say no. I'll say you can wait. That's my... Okay. That's, you know, save your coins and Wait. Now, see, I, I feel like, see, I'm going to have to agree with you coming from like a movie reviewer, right. you know, but if you are a Tupac fan, if you're a fan of hip hop, if you're a fan of his music, it's almost a must because of the experience alone, you know, to hear some of his music in the movie theater with that surround sound and all well, of that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I, you're not I mean, I would say, at home. I guess the caveat would be, like you just said, if now if you're going to wait to watch it at home, you know, just have a really good sound system. <laughs> Because <laughs> you know you right. want the music to be bumping, that's for sure. I I, I mean I, I agree with that, um, but I just can't as a film. I I can't recommend it for the theater. Um, I just I just can't. 
Yeah, you, you know, yeah. if um, you know, maybe maybe if your theater does like one of those discount days. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, my theater does over there too. It's like yeah. five dollar Tuesday or something. They exactly. have that over Same here, thing. so I think that would probably. You know what that. That I will say, yeah, you can give up five dollars for that, you know. Yeah, and and here's the thing, like, um, it's not terrible. Like, it's it's interesting, but a lot of missed opportunities, in my opinion. Uh, straight out of Compton, after I watched that, I wanted to watch it again. Right. This one, this one, I I would rather watch the supplemental material because I want to see what was cut out. You know, I uh-huh. want to see maybe some of the extended stuff, mm-hmm. uh, just to see if this, you know, one of those things that um. You know, this is a terrible example, but like the DC movies, you know, your Suicide Squad, Batman, right. v, uh, you know, V Superman, <laughs> right? Those have like these extended edits that supposedly makes the movie better. I wonder if there's something like that, like things that were left on the cutting room floor. So yeah, that that's what I would say. If you're a fan of his music, you know, go uh, definitely go check it out. Uh, I, I think Demetrius does the, the best that he could as uh, portraying Tupac, and I, th- I think he did a you know he did a good job. He did a really good job, you know, um, better than I think anybody else could out there. Yeah, I've actually yeah. seen some of the audition tapes too on oh you have? on YouTube. Yeah, oh, because wow. like on his interview that I I, I checked out, um, he mentioned that like there's like buttload of auditions on YouTube that you can just type in like Tupac auditions. Uh, oh, wow. He even talks about like uh, Brandon T. Jackson, I think is the actor. Uh, I feel like I might be messing up his name, but he also like showed up to the audition like with, with the tats drawn on and everything, man. Like people showed up to the ad- audition like looking like Pac. So <laughs> I think he did okay. I, I definitely think he did better than I thought he would. Just yeah, not knowing anything so about this guy coming in, you know, uh, again, his first kind of credit that I can see. Um, he looked he looked like Tupac, man. <laughs> he I did. Mean, I guess that's how they were going for them. Like, we're, gonna, we're not going to have the, the actor who look, uh, who's playing Jada's, Jada Pinkett at that point uh, look anything like Jada Pinkett. <laughs> but we're going to have a guy know, who looks like Tupac. <laughs> some moments, I, I could kind of see it. Okay, some I, moments, I could kind of see it. I, I guess I would have to squint a little bit and maybe at an angle. <laughs> you know, maybe have a beard too. Yeah, right. Uh, and I don't know if it was me, but um, Jamal Willard, who played uh, Biggie, I think he took a step back in act, you know in portraying Biggie. Like I, mm. I, I thought he did a good job in, in Notorious, but right. like not so much here. Like I felt like maybe he's been out of the loop for a little bit. Do you think he was trying not to, or maybe again this may go into the director trying to downplay him, not basically so he wouldn't upstage the brand new actor playing Tupac. Okay. I'm one, I'm just that. throwing that out there just because I feel like you're I, I, now that you mention it, kind of you're right. It, does seem like it was subdued. The performance was definitely almost like asked to be taken back a bit. Yeah, yeah, because we do see him a, a few times throughout the movie. Right. Um, okay, uh, so there you go. Both of us kind of kind of said, you know, go check it out, but um, you know, don't pay don't pay that twelve dollars or whatever no. it is nowadays. I, I don't know what it is, but right. um, you know, catch a matinee or one of those uh, cheap days, but. The music alone, uh, I, I think, was um, was great in the movie theater experience. So, a uh, little underwhelming, um, not as good as Straight Outta Compton, but you know, not a terrible movie. I, di- I didn't walk out of there and be like, "Fuck, man, I want my money back." Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I, that, I didn't want to walk that. out in the middle of it like I <laughs> have dealt with at times at movie theaters. <laughs> you know, the movie theater experience. Uh, I, to add along with what you're saying, I'm agreeing with you on that. Uh, a little disjointed. Yeah, I think that that it. I think it could have been tighter, even if let's say maybe some of that uh, extra footage that could have been added on to expand certain aspects that were 
more interesting that they cut, but they also, like you were saying, they ex- they expanded on some parts of it that were not necessary. And I feel like it was almost like, again, I guess the whole idea of it being like a music video where some things aren't, aren't cohesive and that was, you know, that's part, you know, part for the course with someone, I guess, who doesn't really have a lot of experience directing either. Could be, could be. Um, I, I did read that originally John Singleton was going to do the movie, but the way he wanted Tupac portrayed versus the studios, you know, was different. So, hmm. uh, so he didn't do it. And Afeni Shakur actually gave her blessings, you know, to to him. And uh, I guess he hopes to eventually do like a Tupac movie one day. Huh. Um, so that would have been really interesting to see it right. in the hands of John Singleton, who's you know, boys in the hood, baby boy, um, higher learning. Higher learning, which mm-hmm. was interesting because th- there was a mention of that uh, in the movie as well. Um, now, here's the thing. Because so much of, so, so many moments in Tupac's life was um, depicted in this movie, I think it could have served better had it been like a two, three-parter like TV show, you know, kind of like how BET did with New Edition. That, man, yeah. you're, so, you're funny because I um, was thinking that halfway through the movie, I was thinking... The new edition story with the three parts, I felt was a better run, a better run uh, production, basically. Yeah, you know? I think so too. Yeah, and and funny enough, that was uh, most of that was directed by Chris Robinson, who's also a very well known music director, music mm. video director. Mm. Yeah, so um, so I I would I would watch new edition over and over before this. Um, oh, I want to see but, that again. I want to see new edition yeah. again. That was. <laughs> That was but really cool. You, but you know what? I'm still going to buy this when it comes out because, again, I want I want to check out that supplemental material. Okay. Um, and, yeah, so so we'll leave it at that so that way we can actually get into some spoilers. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, the listener, if uh, again, if you have not yet checked out the movie, this is your chance to uh, pause the review. I'm going to play a, uh, a trailer so that way you can uh, pause, come back after you watch the movie, and hear what we got to say in the spoilers. So uh, last chance. Here we go. That was it. That was your chance to uh, pause. So at this point, hopefully you've seen the movie or you do not care <laughs> oh, right. uh, that, that we're going to get into spoilers. <laughs> or you feel like you you know everything about Tupac so you don't have to worry about, about right. us talking it, about the movie. That's right? a good point. That's a good point. You know, like if you think you're you're an expert, um, you know, hey, you, you, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe you can clarify some things for us too. Yeah. So I don't know, Mariano, where, where do you want to start, man? Like there, there's so much, you know, going on here. Oh man, I feel like he, I feel like they crammed a lot of information. And again, it was two two hours and twenty, right? I believe two twenty. Two twenty. So l- let me ask you about the um, the storytelling here. Uh, Benny Boom uses 
you know, the uh, Tupac's music as like transitions throughout the movie, you know, um, you know, like the first half, he's uh, in in prison, you know, he's incarcerated and he's being interviewed um, by, uh, tell me the actor's name again. Oh, Hill Harper. Hill Harper. Mm-hmm. So any like anytime Hill Harper, the, the actor, he's just, he's called the interviewer. Uh, but anytime he brings up like a question about like uh, an event that, that happened, that leads into like a song. But I'll enjoy the song. But I feel because there were so many transitional songs, that's where it got a little oversaturated with mm-hmm. just, you know, like, oh, this is just an opportunity for us to kind of throw the music in. Like halfway through the movie, that wasn't quite working for me anymore. Yeah, I feel like, uh, and I think that has to do with the part of it that I had the biggest issue with was with was the um, editing or the way it transition transitioning from one scene to another. Um, and it's not like you can't use music to transition from one scene to another. I mean, we just we mentioned the new edition story on BET that used that at times where you have them doing a performance and then kind of leading up to them either getting older or going to the next scene or whatever. Um, but it it was almost like oversaturated. I, I, the parts to me that that uh, were not working were parts that that felt to me like a made for TV movie, but not not a good one. You know, <laughs> like like not I don't know. Almost like I don't want to say amateur because these guys are all professionals, but it, it was just inexperienced. I guess maybe might be the best the best term to use for that. Um, and again, once I found out who the director was and what he has under his belt, I'm like, okay, I can totally see why why it looked like that to me. Um, uh, but there were some parts that I think were more genuine. A couple of scenes come to mind that I liked, you know, but we didn't get enough of that. And almost like certain things were dragged out, um, you know, and, and just things weren't really necessarily tight. And I don't know, I guess in, I don't know, uh, I guess we can get into... Um, but we, I don't know. I don't know how you want to go from here if you want to go with what let's, you uh, liked or... Let's start with the relationship between um, Afini and, and Tupac. Okay. You know, that's kind of something that we get throughout the movie. Um, you know, we, we've always known that Tupac was very was very tight with his mom. You know, she practically raised him um, because he, he had a biological father, but then a stepfather that kind of raised him until he became incarcerated. So it was like his mother that was always around. and. Right. The one thing that I found out a little later in my life was that um, that she sent him away to California. That's how he ended up there from the East Coast. Right. And in the movie, they don't get into why she sends him away, but right. she sends him away to a friend who's also having like uh, drug and alcohol problems. And they don't say that she has that, but they do show us that uh, once she gets to California herself that she's, you know, trying to, you know, buy crack from somebody, right. you know, in the neighborhood. But what do you think about their relationship here? That's the one, one of the parts that I liked. I feel like with the eye on screen, she's, uh, I think a known actor, of course, but I feel like she can carry that much weight, you know, in a movie, you know, she could be, I think a, um, a lead in a movie, you know, so she obviously can play the the role of the mother for for Tupac. She was she was pretty damn good, and I think that with the scenes that she had with uh, Demetrius Ship Jr., that I think that worked more to his advantage for being a, a an experienced actor working with somebody who who's that good. Do you know what I mean? Almost like leveled mm-hmm. up his leveled up his game. Um, and there was one particular scene that I really liked was when um, when 
Tupac goes to a house party that was being thrown because she, I guess his mother came out of rehab. And mm-hmm. just the first, the initial um, interaction with them when he goes into the house and sees her after, you know, basically getting herself clean and the hug that they had, that was a very genuine moment that worked, you know, and I just don't think the film had enough of those kind of moments, you know, to to justify the whole idea of paying big money for the theater <laughs> to go watch no, it. No, you know? absolutely. I mean, that's a great moment as well. And uh, what I do like is, you know, their their relationship just in general, because um, what the director does do well uh, with this relationship is that we got to see good points, but we got to see bad points as well. You know, there's a point where there's a bit of confrontation between the two. And, um, you know, she, well, he's pretty much like calling her out and she's like, what, what is it? Say it. You know, I, I didn't raise you to be silent. Right. And deny Guerrero. Oh my God. Like thinking about it, man, just give me yeah. chills. But, uh, she, that, that was like one of the best scenes I, I think, uh, from her. That was a very good scene. That was a very good scene. It was, and it had some power behind it and it was, again, more genuine. You know what I mean? It right. just, she, she said, you know, even at her, that low point as that character, she's telling him, that's not who I didn't raise you to be this way. You know, talk basically. That was pretty. That was that was pretty sweet. I think their their scenes together worked for the most part. You know, and maybe that's why I'm more. Don't think this movie is complete trash. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think yeah. it's actually yeah, this is good, good. We're checking I mean, out. To like, there's, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Did I agree? Like, I, I felt. I don't know. I, I feel she might have been a little underused uh, because, like, the opening scene is like she's coming out of. Uh, out of court, you know, she represented herself, and you know, she did um, uh, all all the all the legwork. You know, she didn't have a lawyer represent her, right. and she she comes out like winning. And um, so, you know, you you get that sense that she's really strong. She's very smart and inte- uh, intellectual. Right. You know, and so like her moments with with Pac, um, I, I really do like that. One thing I felt they kind of like dropped, not maybe not dropped the ball, but they kind of like. I don't know, man. This this was the case of like Sister Judy from Family Matters. Are you familiar with this? Uh, vaguely, I avoided that show. But go on. <laughs> okay, so there, there was there was a there was Laura, there was Eddie, and then right. the middle or the younger sister Judy, which she like disappears from the show and nobody oh. ever like brings her up. Well, the, Tupac's sister is the same thing. Like we see yeah. her in like two or three scenes, and then that's it. And then right. he asks her, like uh, his mom throughout the movie, "Oh, how's she doing? Oh, she's good." But that's it. Right. So that relationship isn't quite uh, touched on. So I don't know how they never really developed that relationship with the sister. Uh, uh, and she w- and she looked like she was important part. You know, obviously when they were kids, and you know he yeah. was. You know, they have, he's they have sending that. money home, and right. so so we get that. But right. um, I, I thought like her introduction. You know, what was going to be a little bit more, I don't know, a bigger part, I guess, in points of his life. Right. Um, one of the uh, biggest scenes, well, one of the early scenes that uh, got me really hyped was when he does get introduced to uh, Digital Underground. Right. You know, uh, and so he meets Shock G. You know, he doesn't have the nose on uh, at that right. point, but he does He does the voice uh, from Humpty Dance. And that's a great scene right there is them performing Humpty Dance. Right. That was cool. That, again, the music the music was really good. Like, you know, it's Tupac after all, you know? So, yeah, with, starting with that, that was cool. Their interaction was cool. You know, and I, from my understanding of the story, that's kind of how it went. Kind of how it went down. He was introduced to them. He became a part of their digital underground. He did a lot of background, you know, dancing and kind of like, was part of the of the crew and then was 
you know added on to like you know get around uh and no oh same song that's right same he, song yep. same song yeah that was when he came out and they're like you know started showing his skills you know and from there he just started taking off you know what 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 I like about the the music video of uh, same song is that they actually credit that um that that was from the uh, Nothing But Trouble right. soundtrack, and that's right. a movie I used to I used to see like on HBO all the time. Right, and every time they show Digital Underground, me and my friends would be like, "Hey, that's Pac right there. That's Pac." You know, he doesn't right. have yeah. a speaking line or anything. Right. Uh, so that was that was really cool to see too, like them actually sprinkling in uh, little bits of pieces of um, you know uh, music videos and uh, movies his movie. too. Right. Yeah, yeah. movies. They they included Juice, um, which makes they... me want to see Juice again. Yeah, I, I saw that scene. I'm like, oh shit! I need to see Juice again because I, well, I love that movie, man. I, I want to see Above the Rim. You know, that's been a while since I've seen. Oh god, that. I haven't seen that in a long time either. Yeah, they showed some Above the Rim, and they didn't. They didn't show. What uh, poetic justice? Yeah, they didn't show any of that. Maybe I they didn't have. Like, man, I, I felt like I saw a still of him and like you know the actress that maybe play Janet Jackson so oh, I wonder okay. if that's like one of those things they scrapped or something I wonder I mean just looking at this cast list there, there's a bunch of like actors who are playing very notable people that I had no idea were even supposed to be in this movie you right. know like I, I guess there's like uh, Tretch from Naughty by Nature uh, Queen Latifah oh really like, like I was like where the hell were they <laughs> right yeah ah. I mean it makes sense you know hip hop world those in, sure. the, in the 90s I mean it's not that long ago and it's still contemporary. It's a contemporary story, so I wonder if that makes it a little strange to have an act, an actor playing Jada Pinkett Smith. You know, like I'm like, well, she's she's making movies still, guys. You know, like, yeah, she's, yeah, really. She's, she, you know, she's so, still fairly young. On on the note of um, you know, uh, or actors or people you know, in, in this movie, now the the guy who playing Snoop Dogg first off doesn't <laughs> look anything like him. Nothing like him. Not but that. I feel I couldn't find this anywhere. But I feel Snoop Dogg like did his own voice for that actor. Why do I feel like when he was talking that he was that he was like uh, lip syncing, right? Because it did yeah. look. Uh, I could swear that was Snoop vo- Snoop's voice, right? Unless this guy does I, a great Snoop impersonation. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, unless you're right, because I, I heard people like, is that? They they were kind of chuckling at, at the voice. It's like, is that really him? I mean, that would kind of make sense <laughs> if you casted uh, an actor who doesn't really quite look like him. Well, Snoop is still around. Get him to do the actual voice, right. you know? Well, there was definitely, there was some laughter when he first got on the scene because the guy looked oh, sure. nothing like Snoop and people were laughing because when he started talking, it was, it was like, Snoop was like, Snoop? <laughs> Yeah, kind of I mean, like a surprise. It was pretty funny. It was kind of the same thing, like in Straight Outta Compton. You know, when they introduced like Warren G and and Snoop. Mm-hmm. You know, it, right. it was kind of the same thing. It was just kind of a, a little comical. Um, but the guy who played uh, Daz looked just like him. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that was kind of nice. What do you think about like the business side of things? You know, when when Pac is uh, signing like to Interscope, and then right. like, there's that scene where he's really trying to uh, keep Brenda's got a baby. You know, on the right. album. I feel like this is where um, the acting kind of went down a little bit of a notch. I, I understand what they were trying to do here, and, and it's not like the point wasn't made. Uh, as to at, at that point, Tupac was fighting for keeping a song that he felt very strongly about, that the record label was pretty much saying it can't sell because of the subject subject matter, um, which turned out to be actually, the I think, the most popular song from that album, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, this is where he, where Demetrius Ship Jr. like maybe overreaches a little bit, 
just just enough to throw me off a little bit you know okay. Th- that's how i felt on that particular scene um yeah but, but even before that i think he was good like when when he meets the, the one of the record um people's like daughter and that interaction was really cool you know that was a nice little sweet interaction you know the way he played that kind of like jokingly and and like you know happy that he's getting autographed his little girl and that kind of stuff and what's what's her favorite song and all that kind of stuff that was cool but i think once they got into the the meat of the into the, the meeting and and having him explain you know like show them why he wants to keep that song it still felt like i don't know just a little just a little bit much yeah um uh, so we talked a little bit about biggie in the non spoilers um mm-hmm. did you well, this is a tough question. I, I was going to ask if you thought it was necessary, but uh, I, I think it is. But it is. I mean, it, it, you got to have you got to have Biggie in there just because of the the idea of the whole that whole beef or whatever, you know. Right. right. Um, and uh, obviously, they they got Faith Hill well, in here as the, well. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I guess you have to. You already putting oh, that Faith in Evans. there, you know. <laughs> Faith, Faith Evans. Faith, my right. bad. <laughs> like um, that didn't sound right. <laughs> right. I'm like, wait, how, how did she get involved? In <laughs> um. You have to have Biggie because you have, you know, the whole issue with the studio shooting, you know, the robbery. When, right. When Pac got shot a bunch of times. Uh, and then that whole, like, whether it was paranoia or not. Uh, the One other thing that kind of, like, bugged me, and I think this is part of the whole idea of it being kind of choppy at times, is in the prison yard, when Pac is in there and he hears, he hears, uh, they're playing, I think, a, a, a Biggie song and, and he mm-hmm. told right. the guy he to turn you. it up or whatever. Right, right. Did that old timer come out of nowhere? This almost felt like there was no cohesiveness here with this. All of a sudden, the dude's telling, "Hey, y'all, let me talk to you." And then all of a sudden, it was like he's telling him to, like, you know, tone it down, like, you know, ignore that shit. But I'm like, it did made. I don't know that that there, whole thing just took me missing. off. No, oh, no, yeah, there, there must have chopped missing. something, right? Be- okay. Because because he comes back and he kills the dude with the radio later. Like, right. why? <laughs> why? Like, so there's that yeah, there's kind of something missing there. That feels the direction, you know what I mean? Like, I almost feel like they're going in one direction, and they're like, "Oh, change their mind," kind of halfway through, in the middle, or in the middle of something. They're like, "Oh, let's just go this way instead." It's like then, then you're, then you're having something that's not that doesn't make sense at times, you know? It 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 really doesn't because like you know after um let's call him Pinky because I don't right. know if he actually had <laughs> right. had, a, had a name in the movie <laughs> right? Uh, oh, it's Floyd. Okay, I don't oh, think Floyd. we knew that at all. Okay. Um, but anyway, when, when he kills, like, when he shanks, like, that, that other guy right. in the middle of the prison yard, like, they all go down, and then, like, him, um, Floyd and Pac exchanged his look. Right. I didn't quite get it, because, uh, again, I feel like there's something missing between um, him and Pac. Like, like, Floyd was telling us, he didn't tell us anything we didn't know. You know, like, I right. think I think it's in uh, various... Um, documentaries and stuff that who shot you was written before the incident right and, and all of that right you know um but yeah i thought it was a little much for Pac to be sit, like standing in the middle of the of the um you know courtyard or whatever and he's like the dissecting the lyrics of who shot you it's like oh man this, this is the motherfucker ah. behind it you know <laughs> right. it was a little much that was much and uh the guy's telling him telling Pac, let this go man you gotta let it go and then Later on, he's shanking the guy. <laughs> yeah. He, like, wait, why about you let it what, go? Just, yeah, yeah. It just, man, there's, uh, that, there's that something missing there. That whole sequence made no sense to be that in there. Um, but another prison scene that was cool was, again, the interaction be- between Denai and, and Demetrius. They had good interaction. And then Denai walking out of the of the jail, basically, of the prison after the visit, getting into the cab. 
she sold that moment to me, you know. But that's yeah. her act. That's her acting acumen, basically. That's her showing us, you know, what a you know experienced professional she is. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. She did a great job. Um, yeah. The the whole thing about like Biggie Studio, I I kind of did like how that was filmed. You know, after he gets shot five mm-hmm. times, right? And then like uh, his his boys, you know, take him up the elevator, and that's that's where they you know see Biggie, and so. You know, if anyone's seen Notorious, it's very similar. You know, mm-hmm. I think Lil C's is the one who like goes downstairs right. in the elevator. It's like, hey, they got Pac or whatever. And then in Notorious, Pac's like, you know, he like calls them out right then and there. Like, oh, this, this is you guys. Right. You're, you guys is doing. In this movie, they they don't make that implication. You right. know, if they do, it's very subtle. Right. I mean, because Big is like what, you know, he's he, even he's kind of like, what the fuck just happened? And then, like in the next scene, uh, he tries to pay Pac a visit in the hospital, which right. he is denied. Right. Um. So I, yeah, a, a lot of these things are pretty close from what I've heard in documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, um, I'm gonna butcher this, but uh, what is it? The does the, the something of Islam? Uh oh, the fruit of Islam. Yeah, the, the those guys were like the ones that were yeah, um, bodyguards at the yeah. hospital. Yeah, yeah, they were the bodyguards at the uh, hospital, and so yeah, Pac like uh, well, I, I guess against doctor's orders, he like checks him, right. himself out of the hospital because he he felt that people were going to come back. You know, right. Um, right. at least I think one of, maybe one of the outlaws they they they, they tried to get th- this isn't in the movie, but they mm-hmm. tried they tried to go to the police asking for bodyguards, but the police was like, no, we we don't have anybody. Right. We don't have anybody for you guys, so that's another reason why Pac got out of the hospital. There's another, there's another thing, an interesting um, scene because uh, the interaction that Hill Harper had with 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 Demetrius Ship Jr. in uh, in the prison, you know, doing the interview, mm-hmm. um, the interviewer to Tupac, uh, you know, there was a little pushback by the interviewer, and Tupac wasn't having it and that kind of stuff. But there was a particular line which made sense as t- Tupac as a whole is that you're saying you're just a walking contradiction, which you know who isn't. You know, as a human, they have different things to go one way or the other, uh, you mm-hmm. know, because it's basically mentioning whether certain songs that are, you know, more uh, revolutionary based or just basically talking about the plight of of uh, of black people in America or, you know, America in general. And then, you know, he you know, he gets around. Right. <laughs> That's the other right, song right. too. So <laughs> and which is an interesting, you know kind of thing to bring up because Pac had a lot. I mean, he was a very complicated dude. You know, he grew up basically, you know, he was in the womb when his mom was fighting for herself for her rights to get out of basically being incarcerated on, I think it was a hundred and some, 130 something charges of, uh, against the government. <laughs> oh know, yeah. When, it was quite a bit. It was right. a lot. And, uh, and she represented herself and got out like, again, super smart, like freaking just intelligent, strong woman. And, he was in the womb when all this was going on, you know? So that's kind of an amazing part of the story. And with that and, and, you know, the, the early scenes with the FBI trying to crack down on his stepdad and all that, you know, you have Pac growing up in, in this environment with, you know, uh, people in the path in the black Panther party, um, including us, uh, cause I was doing some, you know, research and whatnot. And I kind of knew this already, Asata Shakur being his godmother, you know, who was sister to his stepdad, and she's now, you know, she's in exile in Cuba, uh, at the, as far as I remember, at the present point, at uh, present in time right now. In fact, when you get into one of those uh, conspiracy theories, that's one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of, one one of, of them, them, right? Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, um, his aunt's there, yeah. 
So he's got this background and, and I think his, his mother being a big influence on him, you know, again, you know, we see that in the movie, but um, influencing him when it comes to the idea of uh, black liberation or, or revolutionary thought. And that played a part in his, in his work too. You know, you see that, you know, and then I think, um, um, and then I come to wonder like once he got shot and was, was in jail and all these other things, just, you know, he viewed the world a little different, you know, and that's maybe why you get different, you know, all the all the songs that he dropped after being in prison, you know. Yeah, yeah. The um the the way he's depicted in this, or you know, and I, and I guess this is actually pretty close to um you know reality as well, you know. But Pac was very impulsive in a lot of the things that mm. he does, you know. Like the I, I guess the the prison scene, the, you know, the shanking, it does right. set up, you know, the um the whole you know calling up Suge Knight yeah you know bail me out I will put out records for Death Row you know right. so th- that's the catalyst for that right so so I, I do get it uh, get the setup but I, I thought it was a little um, hammy <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> a little, it, it, it's a lot of things yeah um, I don't know uh, but yeah he when he uh, gets with Death Row I, I think this is Nothing too different than what we saw Dr. Dre go through with uh, in Straight Outta Compton. So it was really hard to not compare those very similar scenes. You know, um, Suge is just, you know, a difficult person to work with. You know, right. uh, Pac says, what, he's he's going to do three albums. And since All Eyes on Me was a double album, uh, he put out Machiavelli and that was the three. Right. But in this movie, I guess um, a lot of people knew this too, but he... He uh, did his three albums, but I guess he owed uh, Suge quite a bit of money. Did did they show how much? I know he was going through the ledger. They didn't really. Sh- I, I didn't. I wasn't able to li- really read okay. how much he sh- he owed. But it was, he like was basically going down, down a list. It was a lot of yeah. uh, different items that were on that ledger that showed that he owed all this money. So he was basically in. You know, he wasn't going to get out that easy. Yeah this this was very similar to what I just saw recently. Um, the Michael Jackson searching for Neverland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that, uh, what was that, Lifetime or something? But anyway, that one was very similar. It's all like, what? Michael Jackson was broke? You know, I, I guess right. uh, I'm sure there's a uh, population out there that also w- really didn't know, like, what this man was putting out, like, platinum albums. Right. How, how is he broke? But yeah, all the expenses of, like, being a musician, mm-hmm. uh, that's where the money goes. So, I mean, every a lot of stuff, uh, from my understanding of the music industry, a lot of uh, whether it's studio time, uh, recording, all, all these different things are all fronted by the whatever record label company and all that is added basically like in the ledger (laughs) added to the artist and they make their money by touring and even still and even you see that too in uh in the new edition story right exactly they kind of got screwed i mean they didn't really they kind of they did get screwed they didn't you know being kids and being happy to like perform and do all these things you know they got basically their manager not not the not the manager but the first label that they dealt with gave him a deal that was just totally top heavy on their end and just they ended up with hardly any money you know until they got yeah. older before they were able to make any money right um let's see the house of blues i i thought that was uh, really nice to see because i actually own the dvd of that uh oh, of that do? entire performance <laughs> yeah so i got that and that was really cool to see too because i was because mm-hmm. uh, when he first comes out on stage um I forget what it looked like, but I remember from my DVD it had like a blue filter, you uh-huh. know, and then and then it changes to the blue. I'm like, all right, there it is. Right. Uh, so so that was really cool to see to like almost uh, the entire performance. Um, you want to jump to Vegas? Yeah, let's do it. 
All right, so they're in Vegas. I don't know. I did like the Vegas stuff, uh, probably because I knew it was like getting towards the end of the movie. Right. That, that it, was, it, was, it. it was kind of dragging towards the end, and I was thinking, when's Vegas coming? <laughs> yeah, no, really. Oh, uh, man, it was really, it, it, they were really, I don't know, 220 was a lot, I feel. It, it kind of was. And again, there's just so much. I mean, I felt, uh, you know, this, again, could have served better as like a three-parter miniseries, you know, right. six hours. Right. Um, you could break things up a little bit more. That, that way you could focus like two hours on the Vegas stuff. Right. Uh, because they did a lot of changes because um, at this point, uh, he's got his love interest, Kadita Jones, played right. by Annie Alonze. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't know, but I guess they were engaged at the time. Right. That's something that uh, that's something that I kind of learned from this movie. I that's not, she's not somebody I, I knew from you know from being a young kid and and the little things that I did hear about his death or even documentaries. That's something that they just don't really talk about. So right, uh, I know Rashida Jones and I'm right. a big fan of her. Right. There's also did you know about Jada Pinkett being close that close? I didn't realize they were that close of friends. They were really close. No, I, I did not know that, but uh, that's actually like one of the things um, we kind of skipped over. But mm-hmm. like he went to um, that high school, the performing arts high school in Baltimore, right? And so that's where he developed the the, the relationship with Jada. You know, they became very close friends. Um, so I, yeah, I didn't know that until this movie was coming out and they were showing pictures of Jada Pinkett. I'm like, oh, what? They they knew each other? So that, yeah, right. that's something I didn't really know. Um, I think people knew that uh, Pac was probably a good actor because of his movies, but nobody really quite knew about him, like, doing Hamlet. Like, he, mm-hmm. he got the lead, you right. know, in, a, in, in the um, production of Hamlet. Right. And so, so that was really cool to see. Uh in one of the documentaries I watched, it might have been the the Biggie and Tupac documentary. I I think they showed some very candid uh, videos of Pac, you know, just um, uh, entertaining his cohorts, you know, and just being very intense and being very charming and funny. That we we got little glimpses of that from right. Demetrius's performances. Um, I don't think the mo- the movie doesn't quite do it justice. Like after watching certain documentaries of like Pac, you, you know, it's really hard to like not compare the two. It's you know it's I think the difficulty of this is that again so being so so close to when it happened and and it's not that long ago and and Tupac was super talented. He wasn't just a you know like one of the best uh, you know rappers out there. You know like definitely one of the best sellers. Um, Absolutely, super you know skilled at that. But his acting was was great man that guy was a great actor and you know seeing those scenes in baltimore i'm going okay well that makes sense he had training in acting that's why he was so you know he had the talent but also some training because you can't just you know it's attributed to this uh dwayne johnson right right i saw the scorpion king okay the man needed acting lessons he went and got acting lessons and then he came back and i saw him and get shorty or the second one i think or um, um I forget what it was called, right? But it was the, yeah, the sequel to uh, Get Shorty, be state, right? Be cool, yeah. Be cool, I think. Yeah. He he and he killed that role. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, this man t- takes this serious. You know, he enjoyed it. And now I look at him now. You know, he's a good actor. I think. I think Dwayne Johnson like put in the work and is and is and is a, definitely can carry a film. Um, and Tupac had the skills, you know, as an actor, but took the training too as a, at an early age. So that's why when he shows like in Juice, he was the best thing in that movie you know the best character in that movie was you know he was he was the one so i feel like okay that makes sense that he was it wasn't just 
raw talent, but the the skill set that he learned. You know, like you gotta you gotta be able to like you know acting is like anything else, man. You can't just go in there, you know, swing it. Can't just wing it, <laughs> right? Exactly. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to throw out the I, I love the part where they are filming uh, Juice and right. then the, the director yells cut but he keeps going because right. he's so like into it <laughs> yeah. right at, at that right. moment <laughs> <laughs> so th- that was really good yeah. um, alright so in in Vegas <laughs> one of the things that uh, I've heard in a documentary that they completely omitted was that um, Pac invited like a female cousin of his to Vegas because they shared like the same um, birthday month uh-huh. And so she was she was supposed to come down to celebrate with him. And so like the scene after like the uh, jumping of Orlando Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't think he's even given a name in this movie. No, he's not. Yeah. So they they jump him and then he goes up and sees like Kadita. And uh, apparently like his his female cousin, she was there too. And the way it's depicted in the movie was he he comes up and he's stressed out, you know, whatever. But the way I heard it described before was Pac came into the room and he was like on cloud nine, you know, after having watching the fight, you know, Tyson right. won. And um, Pac was always kind of like known to also wear like a bulletproof vest, which you don't see him wearing one at all in right. this entire movie. Right. And when he changes into that green jersey, you see him without one. But at that point, like, I think it was his cousin that brings it up too. Like, you're not going to put it on that vest? And he's like, no, it's hot, you know. And right. so he goes out without the vest. So couple of different things that they just kind of completely uh, left out. And I get that, you know, you don't want him coming up on cloud nine after having watching the fight. It, it's, right. it's not very suspenseful, you know. Right. So so totally, I, I get why they did that. Uh, just kind of interesting choice, really. Yeah, I think there's a, certain things that were either may, maybe glossed over or just changed, you know. And I take that with a grain of salt when it comes to any kind of biopic because there's going to be some things that are either going to like not necessarily – played out the way it did in real life, you know, because mm-hmm. that when uh, I know that one scene in Marin County where he's signing autographs and somebody steps up to him and next thing you know, they're getting to a fight and there's a gunshot and, and a little boy died, was killed right. there. Um, it was Tupac's gun that was picked up by one of the guys that was with him and was discharged. But, you know, uh, then no charges were ever brought up or they were dropped because it felt it was an accidental and it was a legal firearm. And anyway, but a, little boy riding a bike was killed during that, during that incident. Um, right. So that's kind of one of those things where you're like, okay, I guess if you're going to, you know, portray, it should be portrayed, right? Cause it happened, you know, we have, there's witnesses and there's, you know, it actually did happen, you know, anyway. So, but again, I, I kind of expect that just like the scene right in Vegas, right. When he's leaving, he's kind of hovering around the door with that whole, like, will he open the door? He's thinking about it, but he's just going to go to the club anyway. And, Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, and he's, you know, and it's dramatized. Right. And yeah, so there's that extra kind of like, to me, that's the Hallmark TV movie moment, you know, where you're like, exactly. I expect that from them, you know, I don't know. It's just, and that didn't play well in my eyes anyway. Yeah. It, it, Orlando Anderson, is that the right last name? I, I feel like I might be mixing his last name with like, uh, what was Frank's last name? His bodyguard. Oh, geez. Do you, do you uh, no. Trying to think. No, that's fine. I just didn't want to keep calling him Orlando Anderson if that's right. not it. So we'll we'll just say Orlando and Frank. Right. We'll just keep it with first names. First names, yeah, yeah, first names. Um, from what I understand, like when they do like go after Orlando, it's actually like coming down the escalator. 
and they just happen to catch him, right? So like in this right. movie, it's a little bit different. Like, hey, that's right. the guy that stole yeah. my chain, and so right. they run up on him. Uh, so I kind of like that how they also intercut that with like the actual footage as well. Right. Yeah. So more on him later. Uh, so the movie, man, let's let's just go straight to the ending. Right. I was I did not like the way it ended. Right. It was it was. <laughs> so you go to, from two two hours and twenty minutes of what was going on, and I feel like okay, you guys are dragging towards the end, and then cut to like you know the screen and basically them putting out the word that he put out these many albums and did all this by the age of 25 and all that and yeah, i was like okay seven I'm movies like, yeah. yeah nine platinum albums right or something. right and i was like okay that's i don't know it just i feel inexperienced in directing or putting a movie together played a role in that ending you know yeah it looked like a cut scene from i ain't mad at you Right. You know, where he's yeah. like supposedly, or was he like some kind of angel? I forget. It's been like years since oh, I've seen man. that video. Right. But yeah, he's just lying there and it just, it looks like something straight out of a music video. And uh, I think it doesn't have like that emotional beat. Right. You know, like there, there's no, um, I think the scenes that I got emotional was during his, uh, Demetrius's performances, his live performances as Pac. Right. I think those are the times that I had any kind of like feelings. Okay. At the end, I go, no, you're going to end it like this and then just say, hey, right. he's put he's put out he's these put out albums. This, right, right. He sold this many albums, but in these many movies. And, you know, if you guys didn't know, his case is still unsolved. Right. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> you're, you're right about like having more emotion or more when he's performing on as Tupac on stage. Um, and also, again, the I think the scenes with him and Denai play, you know, especially I think in that reunion after her rehab stint, that was cool. So you have in a, in this two hours and 20 minutes, you have a few moments that are good, but overall, then this is why I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for the big, you know, for paying it in like prime, prime time movie, t- uh, movie prices. Um, you know, I just can't, it's kind of hard. You, you know what? Okay, this this is what you do. This is how uh-huh. you kind of fix the ending. Yeah. You make you make the movie two hours and twenty three minutes. Okay. <laughs> what happens is okay. We we get some text saying that you know six days later he dies. Right. How about you give us a three minute ending with Afini sitting by his side, which is because how, yeah, that's you, how it happened. You've been right? focusing on this relationship. Have her sit by his side. Make that difficult decision to pull the plug on him. Yeah. Because we right. know that we we know that's she ha- she made that yeah. decision on herself. Right. And then, and then now we're crying, right. you know, yeah. witnessing that, because um, we've all heard it, but we haven't seen it. And we know that Denai could play that part. We know oh, she absolutely. could. She know she. You know she could play that scene, and and sell it, and and have us get emotional about it. You're yeah, right. Oh, yeah. The ending. See, See there yeah. you go. It would have been a better movie with just yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Or better uh, yet, you can cut three minutes or something else in the middle of the movie and still make it to twenty. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, uh, anything else you want to uh, discuss before we get into some of the theories of uh, about his death and you know whether they showed us or not in this uh, in this movie? No, I think that's it. I think we can go into the theories now. I don't have anything else. I pretty much I think covered my disappointments and <laughs> the the parts that I actually enjoyed. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, this, uh, since you actually kind of brought up one uh, about his uh, aunt living in Cuba, right? Uh, you know, that's that's one of the the big ones. You know, people in Haiti or I don't know how far is Haiti from Cuba? Are they anywhere close? Yeah, they're at in all? the general vicinity. Okay. You know, like there's like thousands of uh, of um, 
sightings, <laughs> yeah, sightings? sightings, but you know, accounts of people like, yeah, supposedly seeing him. Uh, and I know that was like always the thing, you know, kind of growing up after his passing, <laughs> like, oh, he, man, he's kicking it in Jamaica or Cuba or Haiti, <laughs> right? You know, well, I have a, I have a story. I, t- I told Allegra, I think I was, we we're podcasting or something. How I, I was on the, I was on the bus. <laughs> this is three years after he, he was killed, right? I was on the bus in Oakland and, uh, I told like, and I saw her after I was like, "Hey, Allegra, I saw Tupac uh, and a, you know coming out of a liquor store on Coolidge Ave in MacArthur." In Oak- I was on the fifty eight, and I saw him. I was like, "Hey, son!" Because it was a guy. It wasn't him, obviously, but it was this guy that looked similar, almost like if it was if I saw like Demetrius Ship Jr. walking out of a liquor store. I'm like, "Holy right. shit, is that dude?" Could've you know, enough enough to look like him, right? <laughs> anyway, but I was kind of like the running joke at our with my friends and I, because I'm like, I could swear I saw Tupac walking out of a he walked out of a liquor store. What's going on? Yeah. He's, he's still alive. The, the you know the theories are right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we learned anything from like the Dave Chappelle Lost episodes, I mean, he's still oh, putting right. out like music yeah, referencing right. like you know, modern, right. Oh, uh, pop one of my favorite skits, but Dave Chappelle yeah. that was that was so freaking funny. That's a great song too. I yeah. wish that was, there was like a full length song of that. Right? Yeah, I know that song is good. He does a good, he does a good Tupac. <laughs> he does. You know, I don't want to get into like the whole uh, like Don Caluminati thing. Right. Um, I think that stuff is just really over my head. Now, what about the the bad boy connection? You know, there's just implications. I mean, in this movie, they kind of like yeah. show us little glimpses of it, but don't quite point the finger. Uh, in the movie, they do have a drop line saying that bad boy had a bounty, you know, for right. for Pac. Or right. I don't think they specified exactly who the bounty was for, but I have heard that theory. I heard that theory um, too. I heard a million for Tupac or whatever. But the one the one theory that I think to me I heard a lot that I heard more was Suge being the one behind it. Right. Even though he was in the car, and they're like, "Well, of course you're not going to think it's, it's kind of conspiracy, conspiracy theories are interesting in a sense that people are like, "Well, you're never going to think of the guy who's driving the car as is getting shot as being the one that's behind it." So that's why he's the guy behind it. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Like, and, that's, and I heard that theory too. In this movie, they give you little bits of those too. You know, like uh, we all know about Suge, and uh, you you do see it in here where, like, the way Dominic plays him as right. reports, like the his looks when Pac is talking to him. Right. Oh, I want to start my own company and all that. So right. th- there's definitely that too, and they. And I want to give credit to Benny Boom, the director for this too. Like the the, the part where like Snoop goes on to uh, talk with uh, Angie Martinez, you right. know. So, um, and then like I thought something was gonna happen uh, at this point because like they're they're like side eyeing the hell out of Snoop, right? And they had like some of his entourage go separately or something yeah. like that. Yeah, they're Is like they're happened? like oh, we only have room for one more, so you guys are gonna have to take a different plane. And this was maybe nothing one of the most of nothing came out of that, but one of the more entertainment and entertaining parts was when Stoop is <laughs> grabs a knife and like sits yeah. in the back. Yeah, he just hides it under a jacket. That, that shit was, little, was funny. Silly. Yeah, I, uh, that's when the, the theater like was, was I saw like two parts of Snoop oh, yeah. showing up. Everyone or the laughed. parts that everybody was laughing was when they first see Snoop coming on the scene, the guy who does look looks nothing like him and then the scene where he's grabbing a knife and puts it under his under his jacket like just, just in case. I'm like, all right, well, yeah, he knows he knows what's po- uh, possibility on the airs with you know dealing with Suge, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you you never know. But like before they boarded the plane, like I, I felt like they were making a point to show us like he was on the phone and like the conversation was really vague. You don't know who he's talking to or who right. he's talking about. Right. So I think that's just one of those things that maybe something was cut or edited down. Um, because I felt like that was very purposeful. You know, showing us uh, the Suge was like in front of the plane, like on the phone. Right. Um. 
So yeah, the the, the whole like uh, bad boy connection, like I get it. They they weren't trying to point the finger at bad boy here. Right. They're just showing why people would theorize this, you know, because Pac was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, right. he is on his way to the studio, you know, with Biggie to record a track, and he right. just happens to get jumped there. You know, right. so that that kind of takes us back to the whole like who shot just scene. Also, what what about the connection that they try to put in this? I think in this movie tries to put with that one guy who owned the club or whatever. I can't now. I can't remember the act. Nigel. The yeah, Nigel. Like I don't like that was well, just, I, that seemed like that. Uh, it wasn't I, a good way to connect these thoughts. Right. I don't know. It just it, it didn't play well. I think um, I think the reason they had him see so if he is like one of those theories, it's not one that I've heard of. Right. Uh, I feel like they introduced his character and like his influence and stuff uh, because of that uh, sexual assault. Right. Um, right. Charges uh, right. on him from that uh, very beautiful actress who played Brianna. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I've never seen what the actual woman looks like, but uh, that was a rough scene to to kind of watch too. Right. Like they they don't really show actually they don't show the rape, but it's very heavily implied. Um, so that was really rough too, and that's what you know sends Pac to Max. Right. You know? So yeah, that's something that we we didn't even discuss. And I do like that the little bit of uh, dialogue that Pac has with the judge too. You know, when he's like, you, you right. got any last, last thoughts? Like, dude, you never looked at me in the eye once. Like, you right. see the tasks, the music. Right. That's, yeah. So, uh, so I really do like that. The The most likely thing is that um, Orlando guy yeah. who they jump in the right. casino. Right. You know, because his uncle, I guess, is like Keefe D. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the name that he went by. Apparently, like a couple years ago, he kind of confessed that they were the ones in that white Impala like all, but by all accounts, you know, like I, I think only was it three or maybe four people were in the Impala, two of which are now dead, I believe. Right. Uh, one, including Orlando, the the guy who got jumped, he gets uh, gunned down. I think two months later, uh, after you know the shooting of Tupac, mm-hmm. uh, in an unrelated incident on the East Coast. And so this Keefe D, he I guess was in. I don't know if he was riding shotgun or what, but um, everything just seems to match. Uh, they were placed in Vegas. This is where it went down. They had the white Impala. So everything kind of points to them. So I thought that's one of the things that um, they did get right from what I understand mm-hmm. is the whole, you know, the most likely, Tupac. Yeah, that's the, the most, most likely, likely scenario. Thing, yeah. which, is the, which is maybe why people might stick to conspiracy theories because that, you know, they find that probably not as to be as uh, exciting as, you know, he's a... Uh, He's hiding, the CIA is hiding him as a witness or some shit. Because that's another one I heard too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because people are still blaming. I mean, because like Orlando was part of uh, the Crips. Right. So they, they, they think that this is just like, you know, gang related, but not affiliated with any gang that Tupac was a part of or anything right, yeah. like that. It was just like, you know, the guy gets beat up and you figure retaliation, exactly. right? Yeah. So that that's kind of what it comes down to, according to the cops. Um, LAPD, who was like working on Biggie's. I don't know, surveillancing Biggie or whatever. So that's kind of what brought in the feds as well. So it's, man, this is like a whole big rabbit hole in itself. Like I definitely not one to talk, but this is the one that's most likely and that I I, I think, you know, just from what has been presented and even on on, in in the movie, they're like, yeah, this is probably the most likely scenario. Right. Uh, This is the one I'm going to go with for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there any other ones that you've heard of that you think is um, a good possibility? No, I think that's the one that makes the most sense. I, I don't, I don't see him, you know, hiding out in Cuba and 
<laughs> like everybody in the hospital, like, you know, it's not, you know, who worked that, who worked that, you know, when he was dying is in on this conspiracy. Cause you know, the more, the more people are involved, the less likely it is a conspiracy. Cause you can't freaking keep, keep that together for years or whatever. Um, but no, I think that's it. As far as like what I, what I believe I, you know, uh, they beat up a guy and he, that's retaliation. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. I wonder if like once, uh, Suge Knight, like, you know, is no longer on this earth, mm-hmm. you know, would, would Tupac, uh, resurface? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, because... I, I, I can use a Tupac and Kendrick Lamar yeah, right. you know, collaboration or something. <laughs> <laughs> man, Tupac was good, man. This is the thing about this movie, at least that I, that I can say, uh, as a positive is, uh, the uh, the music being played throughout the throughout the movie just brought back memories and also made me think man this dude was so fucking talented yeah he was so yeah, talented absolutely. man it was so he was 25 so good five years old man. I know 25. only twenty five that's incredible Jesus. he put out yeah. so much uh, one last thing uh, I did like that last scene with him and Suge driving and uh, mm-hmm. Tupac puts on a tape and it's and oh, it's, it's you know great, it's, great. It's, like, <laughs> it's hilarious and he's like Suge's like man come on you. Yeah, you got soft, hard, man. Yeah, what are you doing? Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> this is death row, man. We got to represent. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. That was a that pretty was a great scene. That was a pretty good scene, man. Yeah, it's a little bit of levity too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt that was well placed. You know, knowing what was going to happen next, so that was a kind of a uh, that I'll give that that positive to the director. Like that was a good placement of that kind of interaction between Tupac and Shug. That was that was really good. You know, setting up to the shooting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's going to wrap up our uh, review of this uh, movie. You know, hey, if, if you guys disagree with anything we said, uh, if you got anything you want to add, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Uh, Mariano, where can they find you if they want to continue this conversation? All right. Well, uh, I am at Papa Elefante. That's uh, P-A-P-A-E-L-E-F-A-N-T-E at Papa Elefante. Yep. And you guys can check the show notes. I'm definitely going to include that there. Uh, for me, I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Podstalgic. Uh, now, Mariano, you and I, we discussed um, covering the Tupac documentary that's coming out on right. A&E, uh, A&E called uh, Who Killed Tupac. Um, right. I checked earlier today. Apparently, they got post- or pushed back a little bit. And so, oh. yeah, so I think I think it's uh, got pushed back out to like the fall. Okay. So that'd be something we can do in the fall. That that sounds that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's unfortunate because like it was supposed to come out like the end of this month. But um, yeah, if anyone is interested uh, in our future coverage of that, uh, check out TV Ate My Brain. Subscribe to that, and you'll mm-hmm. see uh, once we review it when it comes out. So that's going to be really interesting. I hope. Right. I, I hope it gets into like a lot of these theories that uh, you know we kind of like just uh, right. briefly touched on. Um, you know, if you guys want to hear more of our content, whether it's, uh, you know, some of my movie reviews or Mariano and uh, Allegra's uh, TV coverages, uh, go to courtemparts.com. Uh, we also got a group page uh, on Facebook called Courtemparts Podcast, and you can find us uh, in there as well if you want to continue the conversation as well. So, Mariano, I want to thank you again for joining me on this, uh, you know, late night recording and uh, instant yeah. review of All Eyes on Me. Ah, thanks for having me. That was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for uh, checking out the episode. If um, if you got a couple minutes, please uh, stop by the iTunes and leave a review. That'll really help out the visibility of the show and you know support your uh, independent podcasters. And and that's all yeah. I got for you guys. So uh, until the next time, thank you guys for listening. I bet you got it.
don't know who to trust So many player hating niggas tryna sound like us Say they ready for the funk, but I don't think they know it Straight to the depths of hell is where them cowards going Well, all you still down, nigga, holler when you see me And let these devils be soft, for the day they finally freed me I got a caravan of niggas every time we ride Hitting motherfuckers up when we pass by Until I die, live the life of a boss player Cause even when I'm high, fuck with me and get cross later The future's in my eyes Thank you for listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.